Yeah, I already smashed that one then. What is up, freaks? Happy Bitcoin. What day is it, CK? Happy Bitcoin Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> it's yeah. been a long week, long month, long <laughs> year. It's your host, Odell, here for another Citadel Dispatch, the interactive live show focused on actionable freedom tech and Bitcoin discussion. As always, Dispatch is ad-free, sponsor-free, and purely supported by donations, Bitcoin donations, by our wonderful audience. So thank you to all the freaks who continue to support Dispatch and make it possible. The easiest way to support Dispatch is by going to citadeldispatch.com slash donate. That will bring you to our geyser.fund page where you can donate via on-chain Bitcoin or Lightning. You can donate anonymously or you can attach your Twitter handle to it, climb the leaderboard, put a message on the leaderboard, um, and and shout out the show while you're while you're doing that. Uh, I love to see the donations come in. Thank you all for supporting. You can also support Dispatch through podcasting 2.0 apps such as Fountain Podcasts, Breeze Wallet, Podverse.fm. They work like regular podcast apps. You search Silo Dispatch, you press that subscribe button, you load up your podcast app with Bitcoin, and then you choose how much sats per minute you think the show is worth. Those sats flow directly to my node. Incredibly powerful experience seeing those sats come in. So thank you to the freaks who support that way. And then last but not least, you can support uh, through something called Boostergrams on Podcasting 2.0 apps, where you're able to put a, a statement, a question, any kind of message attached to a set amount of sats. I read the top four Boostergrams from the previous episode. Uh, the previous episode was yesterday with Phoenix Ammunition. Uh, so these are the true rider dies that listened and, and got their boostergrams in within the 24 hour period. We have at Eric nine, nine with 50,000 sats saying, stay humble, stack sats. Great advice. Thank you, Eric. He also then said, looks like the sats going to the dispatch node didn't send. There was an error. I thank you for telling me there was an error. I did check. It seems like it's working. It's still really early on lightning. Maybe I didn't get those sats. Maybe I did. Who knows? But either way, I appreciate your support. Um, we have at Lone Star with 10,000 sats saying awesome real world use case. Then we have at Wartime Psycho with 5,000 sats saying awesome rip. And we have at Blockchain Boog with 2,000 sats saying thumbs up. And then a quick shout out to me with 100 sats saying test. And that was me testing to see if the lightning sats went to my node. And they did. So <laughs> um, anyway, we have a great show lined up. Also, before I forget, if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, Citadel Dispatch is streamed on every platform, uh, Bitcoin TV, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. You just search Citadel Dispatch. Uh, that's how you can join the live shows. That's how you can join the live chat. We also have the Matrix chat that runs 24-7, 365. All the relative links, re all the links are at, all the relevant links are at CitadelDispatch.com. We're also in every podcast app. You just search Citadel Dispatch. I know it's a recession. I know it's a bear market. If you can't contribute sats, if you can't part with your precious sats, Subscribing, leaving a review, sharing with friends and family, joining the live chat really does help. Um, with all that said, we have uh, our friend uh, CK joining for a second time. I know you guys all loved um, our previous rip. When was our previous rip, CK? I don't know, like three months ago, two months ago. There you go. And uh, since then, we've had Bitcoin 2023 in Miami. Uh, CK is one of the leads at Bitcoin Magazine, um, who runs the... Bitcoin Magazine runs the conference, uh, this massive party that happens has happened in Miami for the last uh, three years. 
Um, now coming to Nashville. Now coming to Nashville. Right, we're right now we're in Nashville. We are. We're at Bitcoin Park at at the studio. So thank you. The in person rips are always better. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, the camera's over there. Yep. Um, but I'm over here, so I don't know. We're working on it. We're working on our camera angles over here at Dispatch. Um, I wasn't expecting me on camera. Otherwise, I would have worn more Bitcoin magazine swag. There you go. Well, we got the wonderful magazine <laughs> on the on the counter. Yeah, now you all know what I wear when I uh, just work. <laughs> yeah, CK's been working from the park today. Um, but the idea of this show was actually CK approached me with the idea of the show. Um, we had, our, is it public how many people came to the event? I mean, like the word on the street is like 15,000. So. Okay. So we had, we had like 15,000 people in Miami. They came down for Bitcoin 2023. Um, there was a bunch of feedback, criticism, love, all sorts of in between after the event of that size. That makes sense. Um, and CK wanted to address everything and have just like a proper debrief of, of the conference. And uh, he thought Dispatch was a great uh venue for that because we have this wonderful interactive live chat where you guys can participate and and put any questions or comments or whatever whatever you want answered or you know whatever you want to yell you can just put right in the comments uh and and we can address let's do it how does that sound is that a good sounds good you know i thought it was an amazing event um you know every single year uh we learn something new but our goal is to bring bitcoiners together you know we define Bitcoiners and Bitcoin company as people who are using Bitcoin, interested in Bitcoin, you know, and we do uh, a lot of work to reach as many people as possible and, you know, try to have something for everyone. Uh, We don't always 100% succeed at that, but I think we have a pretty good thing going here. And, you know, uh, we gotten a tremendous amount of encouragement, uh, gotten some good feedback and I got, got constructive feedback, you know, got a lot of yelling too. So, Kind of got a whole bunch of different stuff. So um, ultimately, you know, uh, when it comes to what Bitcoin Magazine does, you know, we're a culture company. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, we've leaned on plebs a lot to, you know, get us to where we are. Uh, and you know, I want to have a conversation with the plebs about the event. Uh, you know, want to talk about what we're doing in Amsterdam and Nashville. And uh, you know, ultimately, you know, if there's time, get bullish. Uh, we got two hours set here, but we'll see. We'll see uh, how much time we have for, you know, talking about some other stuff. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, it seems like people are, are coming in right now and they're joining us and we don't have any. Uh, don't be shy, freaks. Feel free to put any questions or comments you have in the live chat. I didn't realize um, the freaks were shy. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they're shy. Middle of the day, Wednesday, long week. Um, but, uh, I mean, where do you want to start? Uh, and then if I'll, I'll watch the live chat for us and if anything I mean, like, comes up. So one of the criticisms that I think people give the conference, you know, and, you know, it feels weird to start with criticisms because there's just so much like positivity. Do you want to start with the positivity? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm happy to talk, you know, anything. Let's start really. with the positivity. Yeah. I mean, like, Matt, you, you've been here since 2019. You know, yeah. you've kind of seen uh, how the sausage is made since 2021. Um, you know, I, you know, I thought this year was, was awesome. It was really, really well executed, you know, in terms of like in 2021, uh, we had a big line problem. Um, and you know, that kind of was like a black eye for big line problem. Yeah. It was painful. And well, just, just so we, I mean, you know, in terms of like the, like we are able to put together like this exceptional product that can easily serve you know, the scale of people that we're, we're able to bring to the event. 
Uh, and it took a lot of iterations to get there. And, you know, being on the inside, actually putting it on, like, one, that's that's huge. And that's so important too. like the mission that we're trying to do is one, like, create a productive environment for people to do Bitcoin, as Ron DeSantis says, and, you know, move this mission forward. Um, you know, you can't have that with with bad, you know, with long lines. You can't have that with bad, you know, bad security. You can't have that without having like a good experience for VIPs. And you can't have that without having a good experience for, you know, Bitcoiners and Bitcoin businesses, and entrepreneurs. So, you know, all that stuff is just like, for me, you know, I thought was, we killed it on that front um, for sure. And I uh, made a good experience for, for Bitcoiners. Yeah. I mean, so to pull it back uh, just for some context on what CK said uh, in 2019, um, Bitcoin Magazine, but pre-2019, Bitcoin Magazine kind of lost its way. There was a lot of, there was, well, there was a lot of, I don't even, I don't think that that's even fair characterization. Okay. Pre, uh, pre, pre-2019, like the idea of like Bitcoin only and Bitcoin maximum okay. was like fudge. You know, you can have whatever framing you yeah. want, but sure. pre-2019, it wasn't a Bitcoin first company. It was, it, there were, you were yeah. running Ethereum conferences, you were covering yeah, all this my, other the stuff. The first event I ever worked was Distributed 2018, which exactly. is very much Ethereum a multi, it was a multi-coin company. The hottest stage was the DeFi stage. Right. Know? And then as a uh, external uh, Bitcoiner, I watched as, as the company started getting back to basics and started focusing on, on Bitcoin much more and, and making it a clear focus of the company. And in 2019, you launched a flagship conference, Bitcoin 2019 in San Francisco. Um, I think there was like 2,500 people there. Um, I participated on stage and I participated. We had a rabbit hole recap to end it all off. Um, and I told everyone to buy the top at, at 13K because that was actually, despite common belief, Bitcoin doesn't always dump during the Bitcoin conference. Bitcoin 2019, it pumped like a motherfucker. Like every time, every time a panel ended, the price would go up on the screen and it'd be like another $800 up. It was like, it was euphoria. It was the event insane. started and 800 <laughs> was a big deal at that time. But anyway, um, so 2019, I was a major participant in it. I got to know your team really well. 2020, you guys were going to go even bigger. Um, then the lockdowns happened like three weeks before the conference, um, which is absolutely devastating. Uh, you guys cut down on your team significantly. And then fall 2020, I came and you asked me as a friend, we were already pretty close friends at that point. You asked me as a friend, you're like, Matt, I would love your help at Bitcoin Magazine. I came in as a consultant, like 10 people in the company or something like that. Uh, we sprinted and ran the 2021 conference in Miami. Yeah. And that was like 13,000 people. And that's where LineGate happened. And, and there was all different sorts of execution situations. But I mean, it was 13,000 <laughs> yeah, people. 2,000 to 13,000. During like, COVID. And no one loves excuses, but 13,000 people during COVID. No masks. No vax policy. Uh, everyone thought that we were crazy running a 13,000 person event. And there were some hiccups along the way. Um, I mean, it was a huge success too, but you know, we, you always learn. And the team blossomed from like that, that five month period, it went from like 10 people to like 40 people, 50 people. And then by the 2022 event, the, the org was at like a hundred people. Um, and then the 2022 event was over 20,000 people. It was like 24,000 people or something like that. It was insane. Yeah. Um, and then Amsterdam happened. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam was a, a great party and just a great event. Mm -hmm. um, great partners in Amsterdam. 
And then we had 2023, we come into 2023, first like bear market event. Yeah. And the first vibes- bear market, like big Bitcoin conference. Vibes yeah. were, were still very high. Uh, you know, 15,000 people, amazing execution in terms of like upside. Like the lines were great. Uh, the lines were non-existent. Registration was easy. Security was easy. The event was like, the floor plan of the event was nice and condensed. You know, it was the second time in that conference center. Like I felt like everything was more uh, accessible and it felt like they were in the right place. Like things yeah. were in the right place. It, it made um, sense. We learned the conference hall. Like we feel don't get like, we don't get that many iterations. So yeah. it's kind of hard to like be like, oh yeah, having the deep all the way in the back was a bad idea. I mean, it was great. People were like measuring <laughs> their steps in 2022. It was fucking yeah. insane. You had to like run a marathon every day. Um, <laughs> so that part, I mean, that was amazing. And people, I just, I want to hone in on this. And this is why I wanted to go through that full timeline. Yeah. Is because people don't realize, first of all, how small the team is. Um, because even though the org is like a hundred, like the actual conference specific, even though everyone ends up helping on the conference mm -hmm. is like 40, 50 people. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's actually a little bit smaller. So we have about 80 people, um, full time. And then the conference team's like 35 people. Right. So like, yeah. I mean, I don't do math live on air freaks, you know this, but like yeah. just divide like 15,000 <laughs> divided by 35. And that's insane. Yeah. Uh, in terms of heads organizing versus attendees. Um, and just, there's just so many moving parts. Like people don't understand, uh, as you you said it, how the sausage is made. Like it is just fucking insane, and uh, mm -hmm. you, the team fucking crushed it. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, at throwing an event, one hundred percent. At throwing the Bitcoin conference, I think one hundred percent. Um, you know, I, I think like, you know, the Bitcoin industry and the Bitcoin ecosystem. One, it ha it, it has such an incredible ecosystem of organizers already and it has like one of the best industry events of all industries right now like if you kind of compare the bitcoin conference to money 2020 or uh, uh you know web summit a lot of these other events like in a very short amount of time like bitcoin has that too you know and I think it that's a, a great element of uh of like what is attracting people to Bitcoin and and showing people what like Bitcoin has to offer. Yeah, I mean I would say I I like I align pretty hard with Bailey on this in that if you've ever been to you know like a quote unquote like work conference or something um it's not really a comparison to the Bitcoin conference. The Bitcoin conference is more of a comparison to like a music festival or something like that. Yeah. Um, it does. I mean, I've never been to money 2020, but I've been to other industry specific conference events. Right. And yep. it's mostly just a glorified like expo hall or just like a bunch of booths trying to get your email address. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's definitely, it takes the vibe a, a whole different level and, um, the team just does a really good job capturing that. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I think like, <laughs> frankly like what we so you know in 2019 when we went from a like a crypto company to we like hey we're embracing bitcoin only like this is the path forward like we were pretty much the first company to do that you know i think it was us and unchained were unchained you might be the only company that's ever transitioned i mean unchained hey, used to have eth uh, at launch they kind of yeah. did but they never i don't even think they offered it as a product sure yeah um yeah, I mean, I don't know, but regardless, but, and like, like a bunch of Bitcoin only companies bloomed 
after that and like in that era, but I don't know of any that really. I mean, how long has Bitcoin Magazine existed? Uh, so twenty uh, twenty twelve is when the first uh, magazine was printed. So yeah, so like early Bitcoin, twenty fourteen is like the first twenty two. Like shitcoins barely even existed. Mm-hmm. Then like all the craziness, ICO mania, ETH launches, ICO mania, all the bullshit, and then back to Bitcoin. I don't know of any other like Coinbase has never done that. You know, Kraken has never done yeah. that. Like there are very few companies, and I I kind of remember this vividly because on the podcast, if you go back, one of the things I love about Rabbit Hole Recap is like a time capsule. And when Bitcoin Magazine announced they were doing this. I was like, this is it, guys. Like, all these companies, they're all going <laughs> to all gonna pivot. Like, that was a completely wrong call. It just didn't happen. It's just us. <laughs> uh, but I was like, it's not even ideological. It's, like, good for business. Like, it It, it, it was changed. good for business, yeah. though. Like, well, for Bitcoin Magazine, it 100% was. But that just, that theory didn't play out, really. I didn't really see many companies. I think we're just it. still early. I, I think the pivot is not going to be necessarily crypto business pivoting to Bitcoin, although Bitcoin Magazine's trying to, to help make that happen and, yeah. and start that conversation. But I think it's just going to be like energy companies and finance companies. Well, on a long enough time, scale, every company is a Bitcoin company. Yeah, yeah, right. 100%. Like we're going to see, you know, we're going to th- see a thousand micro strategies, you know, before this is all done. But um, like I tell people that on the 1031 side, uh, they're like, how can you have a venture fund that's just focused on Bitcoin? I mean, Nick Carter's famously said, like, you can't deploy uh significant money into bitcoin only strategy and it's like literally the world is our oyster every company is a bitcoin company it's just how long are you willing to to wait for that to play out yeah i mean even the shitcoin companies are bitcoin companies now as of like three months ago so um yeah bear markets tend to do that the real question is who stays a bitcoin company in the in the coming bull market you see that with influencers and businesses right Mm -hmm. everyone gets wrecked in the bear and they pretend they're bitcoiners and then yeah, I mean, they go back to shit coins. I don't even know how we got into this, but yeah, I mean, I, so what else was positive about the event? I really, I thought I, I remember when the news desk was just a crazy little idea mm-hmm. in the head. It was like, okay, college game day, uh, but yeah. during the Bitcoin conference, mm-hmm. I think the execution of the news desk was the best execution that we've seen. I love in that. all the events. Like the iteration has kind of happened over time, and uh, it was very professional. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the news desk is is awesome. It's it's one of my favorite things. And, you know, I think what people a lot of people uh, have criticism, of, like what necessarily happens on stage. And, you know, obviously, like we want to have entertaining moments on stage. Uh, there's a lot of moments on stage that we can manufacture. There's a lot of moments on stage that we can't manufacture. Right. Like people are like, oh, wow, that Robert um, Kennedy thing was incredible, you know. When he stepped on stage at in that moment, like we had no idea if that was going to be a huge, massive flop or if he was going to like nail it. Like, well, we I want to, I want to talk to whoever wrote his policy. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, what I'm saying he's is talking like, to the right people. Who's ever he's talking. The to. the best thing about the news desk is that whatever happens on stage, like Bitcoin Magazine, from an editorial perspective, can like kind of lead a conversation about after it. Well, Comments one of the things it. I think and is kind of cool. I just cool. like love, I love that element. It's, but well, the news desk is treated almost like another stage. Yeah, it's, and that's it's how the it digital be. main stage is the virtual main stage. But that's also something that I think a lot of us miss if you go to the event, right? Because um, I think it's very commonly understood by people who have been to events um, that the best part of every event is just meeting people and having beers with Bitcoiners mm-hmm. and shaking hands and giving hugs and just all these 
internet friends and like people you know through the internet just like actually meeting them in meet space and having physical connections is to me has always been the most valuable part but then if you're not at the event your sole focus on that event is what is being sent through that stream mm -hmm. which is main stage the nakamoto stage plus the news desk mm -hmm. and so you have a complete if you're not there you have a completely different perspective than some because first of all if you're on if you're at the event you have no idea what's going on the news desk even yeah. if you're standing in front of the news desk like the mics aren't set to they they do like broadcast out, but it's like that's not necessarily the experience. Like yeah. people will kind of like if there's some big person on the news desk, like kind of hover around and watch. But the news desk, they go live for five minutes and then they go quiet and kill time for twenty five minutes. So like yeah. not a good viewing experience necessarily. It's cool if you're there, but it's not something where you're just gonna camp out and like watch people right. talk on the news desk. Yeah, and also just on the news desk, I just love how it's like in the center. It just it's a it's a real college game day experience. Yeah, no, I mean uh, the execution is awesome. Like there, there's definitely elements of the virtual execution that we've like gotten to learn every single year, and we learned a lot this year. I'll tell you that, especially GA day one. Um, but in terms of incorporating the news desk element, I, it absolutely huge. You know, I I I did the Bitcoin twenty one stream on my laptop. Like I set that up every day before the conference started and like it pretty much was just a one straight shot of the main stage. Uh, and then during intermissions and during lunch, it just like was a hold screen. Yeah. You know, so like it's like a logo bouncing around. Or yeah. You know, so, you know, the fact that there's color commentary, you know, if someone says something smart or dumb, like we can talk about it. Um, and, and it has like an all day entertainment flow. Uh, it's fantastic, and it shows you the expo hall, which is like one of the best parts about the event. Is you know this is, in my opinion, the only event in the entire industry that actually has an expo hall, and like that's super important for a lot of like the different vendors and the, a lot of the different creators that are just like trying to show their work to people and meet people and shake hands and build trust. Um, so uh, I think that that's like a, a pretty big element that we do, and it brings a lot of life to the event. And I love. The, the the news desk is like right there in the on the expo. Well, I would say, well, first of all, a huge shout out to Chris Salema, ride or die freak, uh, who should get a lot of the credit for the news desk execution this this year. He fucking crushed it. He he did like um, four different jobs to make it happen. Yeah. Year. Uh, <laughs> Last year, I think we had three different people doing what he did by himself. I love that dude. He's a great dude. Um, and then second of all, la uh, last year the volcano was behind the news desk, center of the expo hall. Yep. This okay. year, the 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 block clock. No, I guess we can't call it block clock because the block uh, tower. NVK uh, trademarked that term. The block tower, the big tower with mempool on the top, mempool dot space on mm -hmm. the top, was fucking badass. Yeah, that's and one, that, uh, that one was a win. This might be a controversial topic, but I think I think I like the clock tower better than the volcano, and I th I think there's probably a fifty fifty. I, th I feel like people probably feel strongly about one way or the other on that. Uh, I think the clock tower should be here to stay. Like yeah. the clock tower was so sick and dynamic. And when Marathon announced that they were uh, they were matching uh, fundraising to Brink uh, two to one during the event, and then one to one after until they got to uh, half a million dollar raise, so total of a uh, million dollars total to Brink. Uh, the clock tower behind it switched to. Uh, show the QR code and promote the the fundraise. Yeah, and they yeah the up, dynamic displays on it. Were, oh, it, it was on point. Very nice. You know, same when we launched the Bitcoin Twenty Four Nashville tickets, it changed. So, like 
I think we got to keep that one. No. Um, and like the mempool team did an awesome job. Like they built those custom mempool graphics. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's that's all the mempool team. They did an amazing job. It was sick. I mean, someone was telling me that I need to get that mempool interface on my Apple Watch. I don't know how to make that happen. I think but... they're going to release widgets with okay. that interface. I mean, that's their plan. I'm announcing it live on air. Oh, so Wiz, if we, you're, we if totally you're, blew it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, now you have to do it. You have no choice. <laughs> yeah. I, Sorry, Wiz. We, we set you up. Um, but yeah, I was actually on the news desk while Wiz was announcing his mempool accelerate on the open source stage mm-hmm. and the screens behind us on the tower dynamically switched as the announcement was being made. It's really fucking awesome. Dude. Yeah. So another like behind the scenes free coup, you know, made the, the, all the stuff on the clock tower happen was Pedro. Yeah. Pedro's and, amazing. Dude, man, that guy is an absolute legend. I think he works on like three different projects, including responding to every graphics request for the conference on our end, like night and day, like literally night and day because he doesn't live in the U.S. time zone. So like we'll be messaging him late in Nashville and like this dude's responding. And it's like, I know how late it is where you live, bro. And I see that dude. That guy is amazing. Pedro's awesome. He is definitely a ride or die. Um, so we do have a question in the comments. Let's go. Finally. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch now. Okay. Um, good, good. People good. are coming in. Um, I want to hear the questions. I want to talk about it. Okay. Uh, question was, uh, why was the main stage hidden upstairs in the corner? Oh, that, that's a good question. So um, ultimately, like uh, the Miami Beach Convention Center uh, has its limitations. Um, I personally thought that the way that the floor plan was set up in the open source stage uh, could have been better. And I think that there's a lot of learnings and improvements to the presentation of where that is. But I think at this point, um, the team, every member of the team, including the production team, like understands like how important the execution of that space is. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll so, jump in yeah. here because uh, one of my responsibilities at the org is is making sure the open source stage is fucking badass. Um, I was very happy. Yeah, I was yeah. very happy with the the whole idea. The, the The idea was first of all, you. I mean, you have a venue, right? You have a venue. You have what you can work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's also a bear market, so you have certain budgetary constraints. And this idea that the open source stage had its own. Well, if first of all, let's go back to timelines. Open source stage was dreamed up in late 2020, early 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had this great idea that we were going to put this air-conditioned dome outside during the 2021 event. It did work out, but the dome didn't work out. First of all, the dome was smaller than we expected. The AC was way worse than we expected. It was way hotter outside than we expected. The dome had this like clear, this like clear uh, panel on it. So it was like a it was like a greenhouse. We had a greenhouse effect happening, so it was super hot in there. Yep. But props where props are due. Um, the org agreed that we couldn't have, you know, some like shitcoin KYC sponsor on the on the dome. That dome ended up not having any sponsor. The org completely covered all the costs on that. Um, and then, but there was it was great vibes. The vibes were great. The vibes were sweaty, but the vibes were great. Yep. So the next year we did it bigger and uh, we had our own proper conference hall uh, in in the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, it was where the mining stage was this year. Um, now, we had our own issues. First of all, we were very grateful that Cash App came in and sponsored it. 
it was you know there was a, the whole angle like oh spiral cash app but it ended up cash app sponsored it we were very grateful that cash app came in and sponsored it um and the org really pulled through we had a, a really great open source stage but one of the main complaints we had was there was at the end of the day we talked about this earlier like mm-hmm. what do people want to do they want to meet each other in person hang out and they want to hang out and more and on the open source side what do people want they want to like hack and do other things so they want tables and all this stuff and we had some tables in the back but noise was becoming an issue so then we brought the tables outside, but like the venue didn't like that. We had never agreed to that. We kind of just winged it on the venue. These are details I don't um, even know, Matt. So there was like that you're coming in with some. There was like questionable but, fire code violations and stuff, yeah, but the dude, venue these just fire like, marshals are strict. The they, venue <laughs> went along with it, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. enter this year, bear market budgetary constraints, right? We found this upstairs portion where it used to be the the, the enterprise stage. I think was up there in that area, and that was not um, a good location for the enterprise. And it was. You had this, you had, we were able to put workshop tables outside. We had a private conference hall and then we had bar. bar and bathrooms and a patio where you can smoke if you wanted some, if you wanted some fresh air, if you wanted some not fresh air yeah. and smoke yeah, cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it was a night, I, to me, it was, it was the ideal vibe. Yeah. Um, and this idea that the open source stage is, is essentially a conference within a conference. Right. And you could, if you wanted to, and I'm not saying you should necessarily, but if you wanted to, you could just. Wake up in the morning, go there, go upstairs, and you you could just that could be your conference. Like you don't have to go anywhere else. Totally. And you just have everything you need. Yeah, I mean, totally. And of course, I wish it, Matt. Thank you very much. You did you did a much better job. Than <laughs> you, but, uh, no, you know, of course, I want to make that element bigger, right? And like for every element that was there, uh, you know, I I pushed as hard as possible to make it as favorable as possible. You know, one of the big things that Matt and I both secured is maximum amount of uh dev tickets so yes. d- tickets to grants you know pretty much there's unlimited you know the org would have given unlimited we didn't have that we program in 21 i think we started in 22 yeah. yeah we expanded it in 23 yeah to like in terms of the project we had over 150 yeah. tickets to free I, so many More developers tickets, yeah. walked up to me and they they shook my hand they thanked me like so so happy that they were able to get free uh three-day passes to the event totally totally so and you know again like you know businesses and hires are made at this event too so um you know we pushed really hard and i want to make it bigger and like i think here this is what's important is like we only get one iteration at a time you know on this event so like every single time we actually do take a lot of your feedback and we literally incorporate it like very strongly for example like if you were to we didn't educate people about this as well as I wanted us to. But if you were to flip your wristband upside down, it was OPSEC friendly. And this is like something that Matt has been pounding the table for like four years on. He's like, I don't want to walk around a city with a thing that says Bitcoin and whale on it. You know, it's like, so, you know, we took, you know, that those details uh, and we take all of these different, you know, uh, requests and points and mistakes into account every single time. And we, I, we, I think we have a pretty much proven track record of, you know, improvements in terms of like the overall event and 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 making and making improvements and doing things awesome. And yes, hey, the open source stage is the main stage for hardcore Bitcoiners, and that's why we make it, you know, put a lot of effort into, you know, it, having Matt as an advisor, like making sure that we have awesome open source stage content and making sure that stage exists and, you know. In terms of like what's in for the open source stage next year, it's going to be better. Like it's going to be a lot better, and I think it's going to be a lot bigger. I think one of the things that was achieved this year is for the people on the team that weren't convinced that 
the open source stage was a big deal for a lot of our audience. They are now firmly convinced on that. Uh, so I think that the open source stage is really going to be incredible next year in terms of like how well we produce the actual stage. You know, the content has been hitting, you know, pretty much since the get go, since it was a sweaty nerd tent. Two things. Mm-hmm. You said sweaty nerd tent. I've only used that term internally, <laughs> but you just said it publicly. Two things. Uh, first of all, uh, there was about 10 people that uh, either came up to me or it was obvious through their GitHub activity that they started becoming open source contributors because of the program last year and they wanted free tickets this year. Badass. Exactly the kind of incentive you want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, to me, a big fail consistently has been lack of live stream out of the open source stage. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we see a change. Uh, well, it's not because we don't want it. You know, like we don't, Here's something that people don't understand. Like, there's the pirate stream, which is not ideal. Yeah. But we don't stop the pirate Thanks, stream. Like, yeah. we could, like, thank you, Wiz. Like, we could, we could easily stop the pirate stream. How if we, could like, you? We it's to, unstoppable, like... dude. You can't censor the pirate stream. <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, there's no camera just sitting on a tripod in the corner. <laughs> yeah. So, like, with a mobile hotspot attached to it. Yes. We we, we try to do the pirate stream and we try to like, you know, our commitment when there isn't a live stream is that we prioritize that. The videos are prioritized. It was like like, open source stage was like 14th, 15th video on YouTube after the fact. Like the YouTube team strongly prioritized the open source stage. And like, let's just take a quick pause. Uh, Andrea and Tino. Andrea, first of all, it was her birthday, like in and around the conference. So like she and him were working pretty much from waking up till very late dinner time every single day like editing and putting this stuff out and like Huge people show. don't even know like you know when you see a live stream and it has all the production all this kind of stuff and then when you watch a uh, something uh, on stage that might not be live streamed they don't always capture the content the right way yeah so like there was a lot of occasions where like the deck wasn't aligned with the actual presentation and then these freaking angels, like to put it the least, um, incredible editors, uh, you know, they painstakingly flipped through the deck as the people were giving the presentation while they're editing the video and then posting it. And they're doing it like, you know, all day, every day through their birthdays, you know, through the exhaustion of traveling, through all this stuff. So, yeah, you know, even, you know, uh, uh, Memorial Day was on Monday. Um, the video team didn't take Monday off. <laughs> they just kept working through it. Yeah, so people it's don't realize like, it's epic. It's, it's like cheers to them. People seriously. don't realize within the org, uh, people get married, people people have kids, people have birthdays, people have you know uh, health issues, right? And the way the world works is they usually happen right around the conference. Like there's no way you can never avoid that. that yeah, I got married. <laughs> there you go. I remember that. Um, doxing a lot of information here. <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't say anyway. Um, but yeah, people don't realize that, but the team comes through and and tries to make it yeah the best possible. So you know, in terms of like getting the live stream on the open source stage, you know, I think every event is an iteration. So I think the open source stage will be bigger, better, badder than ever before next year in Nashville. Um, I'm very excited about it. Moving so to I think Nashville, it's going to be hyped. I've been uh, rooting for Nashville since before I moved to Nashville and before I join the org well we can definitely talk about miami to nashville um but you know if you are a part of an organization that is really uh a part you know really passionate about open source and 
the content that's on the open source stage and you want to help us make that content available immediately, like we're, we're down to talk. So uh, we we're here for help. We're always here to do the best that we can. Um, you know, we don't always do the best, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing our best every year. We're trying to get better. And, uh, you know, with, in terms of the open source stage, like that is a core part of what we do. We know like that is so important to this audience. And, you know, we, we put a lot of resources into actually making it happen. And that that's huge. No, yeah, a lot of respect. Uh, the org does get, Seeing how the sausage is made, um, I'm 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 very grateful, and there's a lot of respect there in terms of how much um, effort and weight is put behind the open source stage, um, both from a budget, time, everything uh, perspective, um, and I th- I think it I the. The vibes were electric there. It was amazing. It was amazing this year. It was a massive success. Um, are, Let's do have... more for it. Honestly, like yeah. I agree with all of y'all. Let's do the open source stage better every single yeah. year. And the contributor program, like we should be doing way better than like me and CK were really disappointed that we only gave away a little over 150 tickets. I wanted 200 the whole time we got close. And I was like, I was super bullish. CK was like, are we going to get over 200? I was like, hell yeah, we're going to get over 200. We're going to shatter 200. Um, but we got over 150. So, but but uh, I would like to see that number go up. Um, we got to do it again for Amsterdam. Uh, we we I think we still need to tee up the details there. But uh, we, it, we're doing it. it wasn't. Oh, we, sorry, we do, haven't done it for Amsterdam last in last the past. Year. But I think we should just bring the open source ticket program to all the events. It's such a good program, and it's yeah. like 50 different projects are part of it now. And uh, we're, we, if you have suggestions on projects to add, also, um, I mean they're popping up open. all the time. Um, we. Some of the rules were bent a little bit, even if there was there were some projects that weren't necessarily listed on the on the website that we included in the program this year. And we'll expand that a bunch of Nostra projects were included, which I was really excited about. Um, there was a massive Nostra presence at the event, which I think is a big win. It's a cool expansion of Bitcoin culture. And, and frankly, it could be bigger. Industry. So we're, yeah. we're doing maybe Nostra stage would be pretty cool. You know, Nostra announcing the Nostra stage, like- CK. <laughs> not not on this call. This is why CK doesn't like doing live shows because I just announce things that, that don't exist. That, that's absolutely not true. I love <laughs> live shows. I, in fact, uh, I hate doing not live shows because it's just more work. It's true. There's no editing. I just I just press live and we're 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 on air. Um, someone's asking in the comments: Are is it public where it's happening in Nashville? Yeah, Miami Beach Convention Center. Sorry, God, I just said Miami Beach Convention Center. That's so dumb. Um, no, it was. Uh, I just got so used to saying that. Um, no, it, it is at the Music City Center. Yeah, so the ma- yeah, so the major convention center here in Nashville, yeah. right off Broadway. Yeah, right off Broadway across the street from uh, the uh, the Bridgestone Arena. Um, and the cool thing about Nashville... fucking awesome, by the way. Yeah, the cool thing about Nashville is, like, one, you don't need Broadway. Like, you can avoid Broadway. Like, Matt and I, how often do you go to Broadway? Now? Only when, like, people visit. Yeah, when you're entertaining people. But it's a pretty freaking cool place to entertain people. It is one of the best tourist districts in the world. Yeah, it is. So one, Broadway is awesome. You can ignore it 100%. You don't need Broadway. And then unlike Nash, or sorry, unlike New York, unlike other places, like 
Bitcoiners can 100% take over Nashville. Yeah. Like Nashville, I mean, the color of Tennessee is already CK, Bitcoin I hate orange. to break it to you. We're already taking over Nashville. But, you know, I'm talking about like completely the, the Bitcoin horde has run down all of all of Nashville. It is orange everywhere. Especially the bull market turns. You know, and then every business... I can't begin to express to you like Rod has already started setting me up with local business people like the grassroots that are deep into Nashville already that are on team Bitcoin and have just been absolutely coming out of the woodwork in support of Bitcoiners coming here and this event. It's unbelievable. So I'm very hyped. I mean, I live here. I don't live in Miami. Um, so I'm just excited for what we can actually do here in Nashville. And it's it's going to be sick. Yeah, I also live in Nashville. Um, I think, uh, well, on Twitter it says I live in Austin, so most people, a lot of people just think that. Um, I, uh, but yeah, we're at Bitcoin Park in Nashville, a community space dedicated to Bitcoin and community development. Um, I think Nashville is, you know, one of the best cities in the world to live in as a Bitcoiner, period, full stop. Um, I would not say that about Miami. I'm enjoying it. Um, and I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the conference to be here. I'm very excited. One of the things also people don't realize if they don't come um, to these to these massive Bitcoin festivals is that it's it's a week full of other events and oh, yeah. everything that goes on. So um, I I I I'm very bullish on Bitcoin in Nashville. I think that Nashville is quickly becoming one of the Bitcoin capitals of the world regardless. And this conference, this week-long crazy festival uh, will supercharge that and just speed up the timeline. 100%. And I can tell you from the conversations I'm having that it's getting serious. Like, I'm ready for the next... Like I'm ready for Tennessee to be known as, as like the next Texas in the Bitcoin race. Yeah. Like... I think Nashville is already on par with Austin, but I'm ready for Tennessee to be on par with with what Texas is doing. And I think, you know, it's all about credit is where credit is due. Thank you, Florida. Like, sincerely, like we have been in Miami for the last three years as the Bitcoin conference. Thank you so much to Miami, because I remember, Matt, you were in that room with me when I had to stand up and be like, we can't do the Bitcoin conference in California. Right. It was supposed to be in L.A. Yeah. I live in I lived in California at the time. And I was like, and it was it was not a done deal in 2021. It was not a done deal to move the event to Miami. The only reason we moved it to Miami is because Miami was the only place in the freaking country that was like a real city that was open. It was turnkey. And, And like. Like it was like the whole thing was open. Like you're saying it's turnkey. It's like the whole thing was open. Like Nashville was open, but it wasn't like all the way open. Like the concerts and the festivals and the clubs were not like on the same level yet. I have to check the receipts. Yeah. I have to check the receipts. Like Nashville's popping. I'm pretty sure that my vote was Nashville. I hadn't moved to Nashville yet. I'm pretty sure my vote was Nashville at the time. People wanted Nashville. But I I will tell you for sure, I don't need to check receipts for this. I was very early on the bail on la train yep like like in 2020 i was like you guys are fucking crazy like you cannot have this in la <laughs> oh yeah because it was um, 2020 got canceled in my in uh sf and then uh we can't and then when it got canceled we moved it to la yeah. we had to deposit on a place and that was like a big reason i was like they're gonna rug pull us it's gonna we're gonna get rug pulled yeah i mean in hindsight, it was it's very clear that no event was happening in California in 2021, yeah. especially not the, very the obvious. In hindsight. Want. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, again, like Miami made it possible. 
the Bitcoin conference in my, I mean, especially 2021 was like a bleeding edge event that was on the cutting edge of freedom. Like literally like the front lines of freedom, like that was Bitcoin 2021. And, and like all know, the haters came out too. The, all the haters, like uh, mainstream media or whatever, saying like we we're killing people. Like, oh my God. The Rolling Stones article event. afterward was hilarious. So, like, that was like the PR crisis of, you know, I think we've upgraded our PR crisis <laughs> is now, you know, our, we had a presidential speech with that was too awesome. And then people didn't like the content afterwards. Before, like in 2021, the PR crisis was that we were literally killing people. I mean, I, <laughs> I had family that was just like, not only are you going down to Miami for a 13,000 person event, you helped run it. Like they were distraught. Yeah. Thankfully my family was never that distraught, but I don't think that they fully grokked what I was doing. So maybe it was just ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, besides the lines, I mean, were we not on the, on the cutting edge, the bleeding edge of freedom, was, like in that moment, 2021 like was a special t- event. Like, I just want to say 20 bit block boom in 2021 yeah. Bitcoin Bitcoin 2021 they were both like just you'll never repeat them because you had to have that macro climate mm-hmm. of just panic and fear. So 2020 bit block boom I was supposed to go I had to take it I gave it to Nick Campmine which yeah. was probably one of the best decisions of my career because wow. It was great for me. I chilled with Nick. I wish I could have gone, but that weekend, truthfully, was the same weekend I was moving, and my wife would have murdered me. I was like, I even tried to be like, look, I'll do all the moving a week before. You're moving internally in California. Like, I was moving, yeah, from my apartment to my parent-in-law's house. I was moving to my in-law's. This is, you know, summer of 2020, so I was, like, getting out of my lease, you know, consolidating, like, you know, this is a very rational thing to do at the time. It was the same weekend, and my wife was like, you're not allowed to leave. Like you have to be move, be moving on this weekend. So I gave the ticket to Nick. Nick convinced Dylan Leclaire that he needs to work for us. This is Dylan Leclaire under five thousand followers. And Nick was like, Nick and Joe Rogers were like, bro, we need to hire Dylan Leclaire. And then I wasn't gonna fight them. So then I was like, Dylan, what are you good at? He was like, I don't know. I like Bitcoin. And I was like, all right, we'll figure out how to hire you. So because I didn't go to Big Rock Boom 2020, we got Dylan Leclaire. Think bless up to that. Yeah, and I got to um, spend a lot of time with Nick. It was that also weekend was the first time I ever met Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete was at that great. one. That's epic. That's epic. I hired I hired Pete to, to Bitcoin Magazine after a Bitblock Boom twenty one. Oh no, that's I mixed it up. P I met at Bitblock Boom. Yeah, that's when he joined Bitcoin Magazine, and I wish he was still at Bitcoin Magazine, but he's absolutely crushing at Swan. So I'm happy for him. The yeah, years man. Are long but short. Um, um, but like regardless, um, the reason I brought that up is like. Yeah, Look, why did we bring this up? Well, you know, I was, I was just trying to say, like, of, of all the criticism you can give Bitcoin Magazine, yeah, well, we can. Get one thing, criticism. one thing that you can't criticize is I think like we've shown repeatedly that we're willing to take chances and we have balls. I would say, yes. being the first multi-coin company to go Bitcoin only, launching a Bitcoin conference that was actually like commercially viable. like viable, um, at scale, at scale, and and scaling it pushing the conference through in the depth of the pandemic, doing literally doing everything within our power to have an event in the pandemic, I think shows really shows our colors. Yeah. What was the Rolling Stone article quote? It was like Bailey was like, uh, if if you're scared of dying, don't come. Or something. Yeah. Which is the perfect, which is the perfect fucking quote, man. Yeah. Like, and we did tell, that like, very... well, don't forget in those moments we said like, please, if you like, if you are scared of COVID, don't come. But yeah. if you want, if you're here for Bitcoin, please come. Yeah. It was a very provocative quote. Very good. But it summed it up. 
you know, and then and then also the magazine that we have here. I mean, yeah. this is like the highest quality magazine in, in the world. Definitely like, the highest no one quality makes magazines like this magazine. anymore. Yeah. But like, you know, being able to say, hey, here's a controversial topic in Bitcoin. And then we are going to innovate and release, use it to release our magazine cover, use bags, uh, you know, use Bitcoin to release a magazine cover. I think that's another moment. And, you know, hate us, love us, disagree. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. We, we, we don't agree on that one. That's OK. You know, I think that, you know, you know, I think we we do agree that it might surprise the, the not everyone thing, in the org agrees on everything. No, no. But like, you know, we do agree that that the ordinal protocol has yet to prove itself. I do think that using Bitcoin and inscribing things on Bitcoin is super interesting. And I, you know, I don't know if you agree with that one, put words in your mouth, but we've had some interesting conversations about that. Well, I think inscriptions are interesting. I think ordinal theory is a scam. Yeah. So I, I guess like I would transferring say transferring the inscriptions between like selling it and transferring it between people is based on this external ordinal theory concept. Yeah. So I guess like what I would say is like if ordinal theory works like and people adopt it, then it's not a scam. But if it doesn't, then you definitely are like it. You're gonna get rugged because the only thing that Bitcoin ownership. Yeah, well, Ordinal's theory transfers the ownership theoretically. The only thing that Bitcoin enforces is the is like the existence of the image that's inscribed. Bitcoin does right. not enforce the ownership at all. Right, the image is is in the blockchain. Yeah, hundred percent. But like again, the like, JPEG is in the blockchain. Yeah. But you released yeah, this cover, the Sanj cover was released. Like, that's how we showed it to the world. That's how we unveiled it is with Bitcoin. Like, people don't know. Like, we were planning on unveiling it, like, almost eight days before that. <laughs> but The it, fees went up? No, dude, we we, we inscribed it. Like, oh, it was, like, four It was like a four white, block. Right? We, we inscribed the biggest block in the Bitcoin history. So this is this is the biggest uh, inscription, if you will. Uh, when when fees went pretty much, pretty much you lost your bet, we inscribed it, and then fees just skyrocketed because of BRC20. Well, I doubled down on the bet. And okay, well, mempools haven't cleared since then. Well, I'm directionally correct. Well, we can argue about that. Maybe I like. I just think the nature <laughs> of Bitcoin is still too uncertain for us to say that mempools will never clear. Yeah, I mean, mempools might. I'm I'm being intentionally provocative to say at some yeah. point mempools will never clear yeah. again. Uh, Most likely, and I'll put my money where my mouth. I mean, at the end yeah, of the day, like been, the bets are way smaller than the fee rates I'm happy to pay. If mempools never clear guns, so. So um, what you're saying is you're fucked regardless. Is there another beer in there? I'd be better off losing the bet, is what I'm saying in terms of actual cost to me. Word. Sorry, we're interrupting the pod for for me to get another beer. Thank you, American classic. Um. So should we get into should we get into criticism? Yeah, like you got the the feed filled up. Hit me. I'm yeah, I mean they're not asking you the hard hitting ones. Well, um, you you could fill in the blanks if they're not going hard enough. Like, come yeah, on, I'll ask you. Go. This is not a softball uh, conversation. Like, if people say that, hey, this was a softball conversation, Matt. Just know that you know from the get go, I said, ask me anything, and uh, the freaks needed to deliver on their end of the bargain. Okay. Well, before I before we jump into criticisms, we have Dakota Brown in the comments saying, "Me and the wife ran into CK and Q." Twice at Bitcoin Miami, wild time. Sounds like she had a great time. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm glad I got to bump into oh, no. you. And, uh, you know, that's the best part of the conference is getting to meet Bitcoiners. Me in the way. Okay, so the, we've seen the, uh, the Wizards on stage right after RFK. Yep. So let's address that uh, no. wizard in the room. <laughs> that's funny the wizards in the room that's funny 
Yeah. Wait, so why don't why don't you can you articulate the criticism to the best of your ability, or should I? Um. Well, I will say that I can relate to the the criticism. Okay. Um, I don't fully agree with the criticism. Um, but what I my thought is is if you have a large audience in Bitcoin, um, and specifically a Bitcoin because we all have common ownership. We all feel like we have common ownership of Bitcoin. Uh, we all have. There's many of us that have dedicated our lives to the Bitcoin movement and the Bitcoin mission. Um, and as a result, people feel very connected to it. Um, obviously, that doubles down for someone like me who's been working with the team uh, for years now. Mm -hmm. So like, not only do I have the Bitcoin connection, I also you know, know the team intimately and, and am, am part of the team. So like, it reflects on me and is, is part of my life's work, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's a responsibility when you have a platform um, on who you decide to elevate and provide your platform to, right? Mm -hmm. Like if 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 you are the the largest Bitcoin podcast, um, you have a responsibility to your audience to maintain integrity and not put bad faith actors on stage. And if you have on on your podcast, and if you have the largest Bitcoin conference or festival or whatever you want to call it, um, where you have fifteen thousand people there, and you have millions of people watching on the live stream like you have i wish it was that many people i'm always so <laughs> uh, I, I almost said hundreds of thousands i'll, I'll went, take millions i went to millions bless um bless up uh, <laughs> if you have millions of people watching on the live stream you have a uh responsibility on who you choose to to put on the stage and you know i i, I think uh in general the the Bitcoin Magazine team does a great job of balancing all these different warring priorities and everything. And it's just crazy clusterfuck of running an event that size. Mm -hmm. But there's not enough uh, respect and responsibility taken to to who who is who is put on the stage. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the case uh, with the Wizards. Uh, I think specifically Udi acts in bad faith all the time. Um, I think he's a bad faith actor. I think there was a decision that was made that maybe it would create drama and sell tickets and do all this stuff. But I think at the end of the day, it was a net negative for Bitcoin. I think there's many other voices that should have been promoted. And then to me, I mean, a big one for me, and people know I'm very vocal about it, is is uh, the Stacks guys. Like, I just do not think Stacks should be anywhere near our, our event. I don't think they should. I, they've never been on my podcasts. Um, like it's something that I practice what I mm -hmm. preach. Like I, I would never have them at the park because um, I just think they act in bad faith. I think they mislead people. I think that is, in, you know, an outright scam, in my opinion. I don't I'm not like one of those, quote unquote, maxis, which I think is a derogatory term anyway, that call everything a scam. I think like stacks is straight up. uh they they intentionally mislead people. They're trying to 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 target naive retail users and and bring them into their scheme. I'm not as educated on stacks as you. Um, you know why I'm yeah. educated on stacks, by yeah. the way. Yeah, because two years ago, Bitcoin oh. Magazine was going to work with them, and I had to read like the four hour white paper to like educate myself on it mm -hmm. to argue against it. Mm -hmm. And props where props are due, they weren't a part of the last conference. They weren't a part of last year. 
Uh, they did their own warring conference, and they did one this year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they which they intentionally call builders on big Bitcoin builders conference when it's really just stacks pre mine forever ICO conference. Like the whole scheme is. Yeah, so uh, two things. You mentioned the stacks, uh, so uh, that's definitely something to bring up. You mentioned the UDI, which is completely something uh, different. Completely two different things. But the connection is this responsibility yeah. of who you put on so, stage, right? That's where yeah. people get angry. Mm-hmm. I think people are getting angry yeah. and passionate, and it's cool. That, it's great that people mm-hmm. have passion. Like That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that Bitcoin will succeed. No, absolutely. Um, and like, look, hey, in the deep, like... Unfortunately, like normally when I'm like working all day, uh, I don't have time to be on Twitter. Unfortunately, when a lot of like the hubbub was going on, uh, I was like taking a little bit of time off immediately after the conference. And unfortunately, I was like on Twitter too much. Uh, so I may have been a little like too exposed to like some of these uh, some of these conversations that were happening. Uh, but, you know. In terms of like, look, I like let's just address one at a time. OK, specifically. Udi and the Wizards. So, um, when people come on stage, first and foremost, at our conference, we don't necessarily endorse what they've done, or like we explicitly do not endorse what they've done in the past or what they will do in the future. What we are doing is we're bringing people on stage to have a relevant conversation. So, you kind of expressed that, hey, Period. There has to be like this responsibility for uh, a specific what you would consider a code of conduct. So I think that, you know, we absolutely have a code of conduct um, that we're trying to enforce. You know, for example, like Mike Novogratz, he was on stage at Bitcoin 22 and he talked about Luna. People like, you know, people were upset that he shilled Luna. Right. I remember that. So as part of our code of conduct, he was not on stage for Bitcoin 23. Right. So he broke. our. What happened with Luna? Yeah, I mean, one, he he broke a code of content by, like, shilling Luna on stage because it's a Bitcoin conference. Right. It doesn't matter what happened with Luna. That's where he broke the code. Yeah, that one was unexpected to a degree. Sure, yeah. Right? So, but in general, like, you know, it's impossible to and have the a show. the other one was... But, uh, but let me finish. In general, that was just one example, right? So he's like, you know, Mike, we'd love to have Mike in the future as long as he's con- consistent in being relevant to Bitcoin. You know, he runs Galaxy Digital. Galaxy is one of the largest miners in the space. Galaxy is one of the public companies with the most amount of Bitcoin on their balance sheet. You know, they are relevant to Bitcoin. That's what we are honing in on. So what we are endorsing is a conversation on stage that is relevant to Bitcoin. We don't endorse what they do on social media before or after. So in terms of like the wizard conversation, having the conversation at all, I think we're bold to host the conversation. I think the conversation in terms of like, the great ordinal debate, inscriptions, what's happening on Bitcoin, how to bring more uh, adoption to Bitcoin, what kind of adoption do we want? That's an important conversation to have, period. I think there's a lot of people in the Bitcoin space that don't want to have the conversation, that have already made their mind up. Um, I would say, like, mathematically speaking, in terms of, like, how fees are going and what the blockchain incentives are doing, like... They're out of place. Like we need to be talking about. But this. there's, so like let's just talk two about different quali- things no, there, right? No, no, I'm qualifying the conversation. Okay. Right. So I the think topic. The topic. Like we need to be having okay. that conversation. I think it, it is still a debate because there's people who have strong opinions about. I agree that. that the topic is important. Right. So I think one that's bold to have that topic because we've seen people pretty much take a majority opinion and stick to it in a strong way, and 
I just, you know, I, I don't think that me or the programming team or leadership at Bitcoin Magazine think that this topic has been concluded, right? So I think that there's important that there's a debate there. In terms of like Udi and Eric, okay, so yes, you know, I think it's fair to say, look, Udi, you shield some things that are super regrettable. You should own that up. Like it's it bad never faith has. not to. It's bad faith not to. Okay. But in FTX Luna. Name it. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't I don't double click any of that. And, and Udi, it, it is it is uh it is in your best interest, in my opinion, to own up to any mistake that you might have, be a man and own up to it. But you know, is are Udi and Eric bringing up good and interesting points about Bitcoin, if you listen to them, are they important parts of like the counter movement? I think 100% they are absolutely relevant. That is, I think that's subjective for sure. And like, hey, you, you want to say that they are irrelevant? Okay, well, Rene Picard, who I think is like a respected member of the Lightning community who's done a lot of great stuff, like four days ago, he put out like a long thread about you know, uh, how he's thinking about Bitcoin differently because of Udi and Eric in particular and asking for them to 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 uh, comment on things, right? And a lot of people are commenting on that thread. I think we could maybe link it or something like that if people want to look it up. But, like, there's a real conversation here. Those people are an integral part of that conversation. And then in terms of actually setting up that, that panel and the timing of that panel, first, who is on the panel? One... Bless up to Matt Corrala, who was on the panel from my understanding from the get go and, you know, was willing to have the conversation. Bless up to Shinobi for stepping up to fill the void. You know, we cycled through several people who were on the opposing ordinals and wizard side of the debate. We cycled through multiple people who are on the, the wizard side of the debate. And, you know, we try to put together the best panel possible. And, you know, I think that Udi and Eric, you know, when engaged in and in, in locked in on that conversation, they they were ready to go. Um, and, you know, again, I think Shinobi and, and Matt did a good job. Uh, and, you know, when I reach back, on, when I listen back to that conversation, there's some elements that were clowny. There's some elements that weren't ideal. I wish that maybe they had gotten deeper. But ultimately, ultimately, I thought that there was like some good points made. There's some thought-provoking things made uh, that all panelists said, and there's a lot of real talk to, on like, what, how are we going to move Bitcoin from 0.001% adoption to global adoption? Like, it's not going to be easy. And I thought that all the panelists made good points. Like, go and watch it again. Again, there's some parts that are like, meh. There's some parts that are like, okay, I thought about that. That was great. Like, so, you know, in terms of qualifying this conversation, if Udi does something that, you know, I might not necessarily endorse in the future, like it, that happens like the conference can't scale the conference can't work we can't have a big you know we can't have a a big tent event for the bitcoin ecosystem if like i have to endorse 100 percent of someone's social media so that's a cop-out ck i mean that, that that's a baseline that's reality, a straw man but i'm not saying you have to endorse 100 i'm like i'm saying i'm saying bear like and and look i've I've been in the internal conversations, right? Like, so like, I, I, I know it is difficult. I, and I know like this idea of like, the dream is like some kind of objective analysis on who is good faith and who is bad faith. And it just doesn't fucking exist. Like you can't, there's, and, and, and there has been attempts have been made to, okay, this is our policy, right? And certain, and there's, you know, there's been plenty of speakers that never touched the stage 
that no one ever hears for, knows about, right? Because they didn't pass that basic check, right? This objective, you know, okay. framework, right? On who goes on stage and who doesn't go on stage, right? And like, and the the org deserves a ton of credit for that, right? And but no one ever gives the org credit for that because they don't see it, right? Because it doesn't happen. And I've had this conversation with Rizzo at length. This idea of like, you never get credit for the things that get filtered because no one knows it happens or whatever. Right. And it's just like, you know, it's the unseen, whatever. But my point is, 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 is that's not the point. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, well, I'm not looking for that credit. That's just a, us two. But, but the point is, mm -hmm. is that, is that it is who you, who you put on stage, you have a responsibility for. And like, I, I, regardless of how I feel about who was chosen to put on stage, the thing that angers me the most and mm -hmm. disappoints me the most is when the argument is leveled that we don't endorse these people and we have no responsibility for it. If someone comes on my podcast, if someone comes on my podcast, I am responsible for that. Per I'm not, I don't endorse their life decisions. Right. But like I take like if, if someone came on my show mm -hmm. and then scammed a bunch of people or acted in bad faith or whatever, mm -hmm. like there is some responsibility on me for that. Mm -hmm. And I would have trouble sleeping at night. I would go out and, and accept responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. And it, that, that lack that it to me, it feels a, a little bit cop out and it feels a little bit like a straw man. This idea that like, oh, we, we can't we can't endorse everybody, you know. And well, uh, mean, we take no responsibility. For I it. think that there's a lot of straw man's leveled against us too. 100%. Like it's a full shitcoin event, and uh, the the straw man like <laughs> like the straw man that like oh the open source stage and Bitcoin Week are are the uh, the real event, and it's like we plan that too, guys. But uh, regardless, like let's let's talk about you know who we let on stage, and like first of all, what we do take responsibility for is what is said on stage, and what is said on the live stream, and what is said uh you know ultimately uh through our channel and again the best way that we can quality control is obviously on the front end on the back end is with recourse if someone breaks our quality control mechanisms and as far as i'm concerned in terms of that talk they didn't break our quality control on the actual conversation like they talked about the subject like they brought up good points you know not all the points were amazing you know some of the points were provocative and trollish um but the actual conversation itself was like it, it didn't break our rules. So like, I totally feel like when people get mad at us because someone talked about an altcoin on stage, hundred percent against our rules. And, you know, we didn't have them back the next year. Um, and we definitely are responsible for that in terms of like, okay, are we responsible from keeping like real bad faith actors off? And how do you define those real bad faith actors? Like you know, first of all, defining those real bad faith actors is difficult to get consensus with, and d people have different trade offs that they kind of ultimately yeah. make. But we, we of course, have to get better. We, of course, have to get better. And there's trade offs. Like, there's people who want to get money in no matter what, there's people who want, who are thinking quality no matter what at the event. And like, everyone is working hard as possible and fighting and, you know, grinding to have the final result that makes the, you know, that, that makes the most sense. And then at the end, you know, you you say these were good trade offs. These were bad trade offs. Like, let's not make these bad trade offs again. So, like, you know, after the event, you know, I wrote down all the bad trade offs we made and I messaged all the people that made those bad trade offs. And I try to have a conversation about it and try to affect it next right. year. 
there's so many fucking trade-offs that we're making all the time. And, you know, something I want, I'd be remiss to not talk about on this call is like, what is our like audience and mission and like our business kind of rationale? I definitely want to tease that. I like that we're on a call. Or on, sorry, not on this call, but on this. We're on a call. We're we're sitting a foot away from each other having beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, But, you know, I want to talk about, I want to talk about that. These are the best calls. But, um, you know, (laughs) I I think it's important too, like, hey, we're like the event is a business. We're trying to have a very large business. We're trying to bring people together. We're trying to do things at scale that need to happen, that can only happen at scale. Like they can't happen in a small time environment. Uh, we're always making trade offs. People have different uh, objectives. All of us are big, like literally everyone at the company is a Bitcoiner. So I saw some things where people were like, you know, are there even Bitcoiners at Bitcoin Magazine? Like, I think Matt can endorse the fact that like, 95, 96, 97% of the company that are putting their real heart and soul into this thing are like are Bitcoiners. They're ride they're, or die Bitcoiners. Like, like, like these people are like, you know, they're making sacrifices to work at Bitcoin. I mean, to a <laughs> potentially to a fault, even yeah. like like CK and the rest of the team, like they prioritize Bitcoiner first. It's like, okay, we can train you into this role. It's like, oh, you've never run a conference before. It's like, fine, it's okay, but you're a Bitcoiner, so then you can figure <laughs> out the rest of the shit. Yeah, hey, no, we, like we we like on the scale of like how important it is that you're a Bitcoiner, it's super important at Bitcoin Magazine while yeah. hiring you. So like. You know, we're we are truthfully, honestly making a good faith effort to do our best. And again, like I can tease out any of the details there. Um, We're also truthfully, honestly, not trying to bow down to the mob. And we're truthfully, honestly, have always been consistently focusing on what is the relevant conversation to Bitcoin and what is not mob or what is not uh, group think authorized. And just a great example, Bitcoin 2019. Guess what we were getting heat for? It wasn't killing people. It was inviting Jihan Wu on. And, you know, Jihan Wu at the time, the CEO of Bitcoin, uh, sorry, the CEO of Bitmain, the, you know, probably the, the biggest muscle behind Bitcoin Cash. Um, and we wanted to be like, And hey. it was fresh still at that point. And it was point. still fresh in 2019. Like Most of is... the new freaks have no idea. Yeah, so, and we were- One and... of the most controversial actors in Bitcoin. Definitely one, a bad faith. One thing. of the most impactful, one yeah. of the most controversial, you know, in the past has been absolutely bad faith actor. He's still relevant today as Bitmain is still one of the most important and impactful hardware manufacturers. But in 2019, like he was completely taboo and, you know, he never showed up to the event, but we extended, you know, an olive wrench and not said like, it's okay that you attack Bitcoin, but like, let's hey, talk about it. Let's talk about it. So I think like that's been consistent. And but this is part of the reason why like yeah. a set framework, mm-hmm. It's just really, you can't really, it just doesn't exist because so like I, I supported that at the time. I I mean, it took me a little while to think about it, Mm -hmm. but at the time I supported the Jihan decision. It made Mm -hmm. sense. It was a highly relevant conversation. It's a guy who was extremely influential in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. He attacked Bitcoin, but he was extremely influential in Bitcoin. Um, And it's just hard to Never said sorry too. You know, he never apologized. No, no. but he did with his wallet. So it's yeah, okay. with yeah, with his business. Same with Roger. Right. Uh, but and I don't uh, think Rogers. I don't. Th- I don't know. I can't speak on Roger at all. I think Rogers Jihan has done lot more for, for. I think Rogers done. Our Jihan has come back to Bitcoin a lot more than Rogers from. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Roger just anyway. That's a tragic story on his end. Um, yeah, sorry, didn't mean to. Interrupt. Yeah, Jihan bent the knee and just came back and. I mean, at the end of the day, he decided during the Bitcoin cash war, if we want to relitigate the Bitcoin cash war, he decided that he didn't want to kill his golden goose 
and never full on attacked Bitcoin. Like he never moved his hash over to Bitcoin Cash in a real way, and he could have. Um, and that's just because the incentives work. Um, yep. While Roger made some really bad decisions and 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 kind of aped the fuck into Bitcoin Cash and lost a lot of money. But um, okay, but the key here is: Do you agree with me that there's there's responsibility with who goes on stage? Like even I, t- like I'm not intimately involved in the programming of the Nakamoto stage. Like I take, resp- I feel bad when there's bad faith actors on stage. Like I take responsibility for that. Do you, like there's responsibility there. Yeah, no, there. What I, again? There 100 percent is responsibility. There's responsibility of every element of the event. There is 100 percent responsibility of who goes on stage, the result, and then how we react to it. But there's also a tremendous amount of different uh just incentives and that are important in putting on this business and important in doing what we're trying to do at scale um and it's difficult to get it right and it's it's more difficult than people think but at the same time like like different opinions within the org need to get data points in order to affect change right so it's like you know one your obvious recommendation is not always that obvious, especially with all the context that you don't know. And then two, like different players are accumulating data points and then affecting change as we have iterations. Um, And like, you know, one of the feedbacks that I was getting when I was on Twitter too much, you know, a week and a half ago. (laughs) Many such cases. Was was that like, you know, Bitcoin Magazine is not taking, uh, is not taking responsibility for the mistakes we've made. So it's like, you know, I, I feel that at the same time, like we just did something really hard and felt really good about it and did a lot of things. Right. And we're just people that are, you know, I think there's people that are feeling attacked. Yeah. So like, you know, it's, it's hard to like bet. And again, we also want to appear strong. Like, you know, <laughs> you don't want to like quote unquote, bend the, the knee to, to people yelling at you on the internet. Like that's also not like necessarily a wise thing to do. So it's like, you know, trying to manage, like, we're learning, taking data points and trying to make a better product, you know, every single year and every single iteration, uh, managing, you know, kind of how we appear in the audience. And then knowing that, like, <laughs> every single person at the company is a Bitcoiner on Bitcoin Twitter that is, like, effectively in a family with all the people that are yelling at them. Like, you know, all of these elements, you know, it makes it a complex situation for sure. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree that it's, uh, yeah, people just don't see the behind the scenes. Anyway, I think to me, the Wizards thing was a decision I wouldn't have made. I don't think it was the best decision, but to me, it's, it was mostly irrelevant. It's, it's like neither here nor well, there. So let's talk That's about the, the bigger. Yeah, and finish your point, and then I want to talk about the time. To, I mean, to me, the, the. The Wizards is, I mean, I don't think Udi belonged on stage. I, I don't know what he's actually done in Bitcoin except for gaslight Bitcoiners and act in bad faith. Um, to this day, I've been blocked by him and he like will tag me, for instance, and, and pretend like, oh, why isn't Odell responding? But he has me blocked, so I can't I can't see it or respond to it. Behavior like that is just indicative of people that are acting in bad faith, right? And it's like I said, it's very hard to, to balance that out and have kind of sub objective framework. But we both know like you're running an event, you have very finite time on stage. It is the most valuable scarce resource for an event. 
And I just think it was a bad decision, but it was mostly irrelevant to me. Like that is not really, um, to me, that is not the main criticism in well, terms of responsibility. Yeah, I think when, and if I would just push back really quick, like to you is relevant to a lot of people on the programming team. It was a very relevant conversation, relevant enough. And Udi being relevant enough to that conversation that it was worth, uh, the heat to bring them on. And we're always, what we are trying to do, whether people agree with it or not, is is just have maximum relevance. Like that's, and boldly so. Like we'll do it boldly, yeah. whether, whether you know, the majority or the minority likes it or not, we'll do it boldly. So we can agree to disagree but the important on thing the relevance. Is- but at the same time, like, I think it's clear, like, I get what you're saying. Uh, we need data points. Uh, we need to affect change internally. Uh, we also, I think it's it's pretty important that ultimately what we should be held accountable for is the decisions we make and uh, what people do on stage and then how we react to it, you know, as, as a complete package. I don't think it's fair to like criticize us. Okay. We made a bad decision. I get it. But I don't think it's fair to like criticize that in a bubble when like the reaction, the response, the next iteration, uh, you know, is not put into that. Uh, oh no, I agree. Analysis. And like I, my point is the point I was trying to make is the, the biggest, the biggest thing to me is the responsibility aspect of it, right? Is that there is a responsibility. I think we should accept responsibility. Like, I think there should be a, and like, here's the thing. It's like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm necessarily criticizing your decision or the Bitcoin magazine team's decision because I'm part of the fucking team. Um, So like I'm criticizing, I'm criticizing how we've reacted as an org in certain situations. Mm -hmm. I think that there should be some responsibility taken Mm -hmm. and like, okay, we appreciate your feedback. Uh, you know, maybe the tone wasn't appreciated, but we, we appreciate your feedback and we aim to do our best and we understand there's a responsibility there. Right. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of where I come from. in uh, as that mm-hmm. perspective, I think there's probably a, a like a, a large portion of the org that, that agrees on that front. Um, because at the end of the day, like you said, orgs are made up of people. Like they're not just some, and, and Twitter is just horrible as a platform in that regard, because everyone just wants to get their soundbite. There's no nuance. There's no long form conversation. It's one of the reasons why I think it's good. It's really good to have this, yeah. as you said, call. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, this conversation on air. Um, yeah. But you want to talk about the timing? Is that what yeah, you, you well, want okay, to bring let's up the jump timing? into the timing? Uh, so RFK goes on, gives a ridiculous yeah, speech. Well, first of all, RFK going on and giving a ridiculous speech is in no way guaranteed. In hindsight, like obviously, I was on it, the news desk afterwards. Awesome. I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Yeah, exactly. Like that in the top moment, it was like I was my jaw was dropping that he was saying these things. Yeah. Right. Like that was not expected at all. But that could have been the most vanilla speech for all we knew. He could have just showed up and there was a dud. He was like, I like crypto and blockchain. Yeah. Like That's that, what politicians use. That, that was 100 percent in the cards. And then, you know, people probably would be like Bitcoin magazine dropped a dud on RFK. And then, yeah. <laughs> But OK, so uh, that conversation with RFK materialized like within less than 20 days of the conference right. happening. That's another thing people don't realize. So, so the logistical nightmare of like moving things around on the program within that close of the event is insane. Yes. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, if we were to take all things in consideration, knowing everything that actually materialized, would we have potentially like reorganized our schedule a little bit in terms of like changed up how we did the primetime stuff or whatever or segregated them differently? Maybe like maybe 
but it was way less obvious in the time. What was obvious is like RFK is coming in. We need a primetime spot for him. Like we need to find a way to make that work. The team made it, found a way to make that work. It was a huge success. Yeah. And then the Wizards came on. Well, no. First, me, Dylan, Jesse Myers, and Nolan came on because everyone was watching through the live stream and we were on the news desk responding to it. Totally. And and you guys... So I take a little bit of offense on people giving shit on the Tommy thing. I think we handled ourselves really well because we were just sitting there just like, what did this politician just say about Bitcoin? It was like self-custody, hold your own, use your <laughs> yeah. own keys, hold your own node. Like I believe in the Canadian truckers. Like I, we were just, you know, we did not expect it. But anyway, we were next and then the Wizards. And the Wizards came on. Okay. And then... So first and like we we started knowing that like things kind of felt a little weird when like like back I was backstage and backstage like the tense energy was insane. Yeah. Like it was almost like this energy of like like maybe that there's going to be something neg- super effing negative that could happen at any moment because this guy whose family history of getting us both his uncle and his dad. Were yeah, we're right there. So like yeah. there's this energy of like something important is happening like. I hope nothing fucking horrible happens. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is super serious and tense in the background. And also, like, what the fuck is this guy actually saying? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then, like, there's these guys dressed up in wizards, ha- like, hanging out also backstage. Yeah. You know? And, and Rizzo's, like, prepping with them. And Shinobi and Matt are with them. And, like, so in that moment, it kind of was like, okay, like, maybe these moments don't match up. It did not become that obvious until right then. You know, like yeah, and the timing's hard. So it's like timing's super difficult. So if, if you want to say it's like unforgivable, well, it's like one, like that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like we we help make that moment happen in the first place. Secondly, it's like you're not you, you're showing that you you have absolutely no idea on like the all the moving parts and the complexity of that stuff. And it's like in hindsight, yeah, it's always 2020. But like leading up to that moment, it was not obvious that that was going to be the case. And you know, ultimately. You know, the, these type of like missteps or whatever, they happen. But if you want to say that like, okay, like big high net worth individuals are not going to allocate to Bitcoin because of this, like that's absolutely- I mean, you're that's, just a fucking bear. That's absolutely ridiculous. Like guys, look, the Bitcoin conference, first of all, like we let people on stage in full ski masks and weird ass glasses. And also, you don't run Bitcoin. Like, <laughs> but no, like we we let green man at, on like guy in all green man like outfit on stage. Like, Gigi's a fucking legend. W- whatever. Like, hey, if you want to come up in a carrot mask and like you want to preserve your privacy, we let you. We take you seriously. That's the whole point of Bitcoin. So like, don't say like we need a simp to these high net worth allocators that can't take Bitcoin seriously enough because there's some guy dressed up on stage doing something they don't like. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. And some people who were levying that criticism against us, you know, I don't even want to necessarily get into that. But I don't think that they're they're coming from from the an a, a an appropriate perspective um, in any way. So, um, you know, ultimately, like like that's bearish. You know, Bitcoin is Bitcoin adoption is going to happen because of two things: need or greed. Okay, and it has nothing to do with what people saw on stage. And ultimately, like, look at this event. It's Freaking Comic Con meets Bitcoin meets Consumer Electric Festival. Like it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. And we have people on stage not necessarily in suits. 
that's okay. Fuck the suits. Like, like exactly. That's, my policy would be no suits allowed. But like, okay, so like, if you want to like, if you want to hold the double standard against us, that like we not only have to like have Nims wear whatever they want and be comfortable on stage, and we also have to like always like. Try to choose between wizards. You know, it's, I choose wizards. <laughs> okay, well there you go. There's Matt. So it's hard to have a set framework. Again, well, we can't please everyone. You know, it's it's you either make, you know, an open source event for people inside the events or, you know, you get flamed because there's wizards on stage or there's not enough suits yeah, or there's no. too many suits or the politicians the, are saying too many nice things about Bitcoin. The you know, timing like, argument <laughs> is bullshit. The timing argument is like if you run an event like you, first of all, you see two things. First of all, uh, actually timing everything out is a fucking pain in the ass. And then when you get towards the end, any little movement, you have to contact so many different stakeholders along that chain. Like if you move one panel, that's okay. That's four people. You got to move them somewhere else. And you have all these Every externalities. Like that happen. different. It, it, yeah, it yeah may, especially at the end. It is fucking insane. And the RFK thing came at the last minute. The timing stuff, you know, whatever. The second thing is a lot of people you would just not expect. The egos are fucking real. Deal- you have to deal with people. You have to deal with people and you have to deal with scarce stage space. Like it is fucking hard. I have I have so much respect and uh, sympathy. I think sympathy is the right word for, for P running the programming uh, last year and Alex McShane and Nolan running the programming this year. Like they have to deal with so many egos and moving pieces with all these different pieces. Timing, I have no concern. Honestly, my as far as wizards go, I just think Udi can go fuck himself. That's just my own that's my own personal opinion. Uh, but the timing stuff like is absolutely ridiculous. You know, if you're mad at us about the timing, you know, be mad at us about making the RFK thing happen. Yeah. You know, that because Hey, you know, at the beginning of the RFK thing, if you if anyone wants to take credit for the RFK thing happening, whose name did did RFK mention at the beginning of his speech? He mentioned David Bailey's name. So that's all you need to know is it, it, it was, was a long speech for me. I yeah, it it, it 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 was. I literally watched it on the news desk. You know, it we we were making that happen, guys. Like he's the one who delivered the words, but we set the stage and and like the complexity in setting the stage, it, it's not easy. And it's like people are like, oh, go smaller. It's like, well, the only reason like that guy's security is okay with him showing up to that building is because they know this security that we hired that is working this level scale of events. Right. Like it's like like these things don't just happen. Like because... RFK doesn't show up to a thousand person event. No, absolutely period. not. Absolutely not. He needs to know that it's the right audience. He needs to know it's the right scale. And he needs to know that the production and the security and the professionalism are at the right level. And again, like that happens all the way down the line. And look, like, again, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about like, what is our actual ambitions? Like with us doing this event? Like what is BTC Inc. trying to do with this event? Yeah. Because I think like, Frankly, there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance, you know, with people who attend the event, observe the event, you know, they like they they have their own goals in mind and what they want and what they like try to imagine into the conference. Um, but like we're on a mission too. like, you know, we wake up every day to do this for a reason and we have a goal, too. And I think it's important to like for the, our audience to know our goal and maybe we haven't done a super good job communicating that goal. But I think it's important that we do that so that way people understand what we're trying to do and, and can kind of understand our decision making no yeah that makes sense to me um 
We have Fick221 in the comments saying, excited for TabConf. Everyone should go to TabConf. It's Great a really event. amazing event in Atlanta in the fall. Um, by the way, a lot of people don't know, it's not named after um, the the old-time soft drink, Tab. It's actually the Atlanta Bitcoin Conference. Um, so it's in Atlanta. Great vibes. A uh, huge shout-out to Tidwell. Um, and team and co there's a there's a team yeah. behind there there's Brandon, a huge team people people hitting me up asking yeah. me for stuff Brianna, you know there's yep. a huge team over there huge Always. shout out to them go check it out i mean one of the cool things about bitcoin is that we have so many different events and we have so many different um venues and uh platforms and podcasts and shows and like people don't realize like in terms of bitcoin only stuff three years ago four years ago when we started rabbit hole recap four and a half years ago I know it's hard to believe there was like three Bitcoin only podcasts. That was that was less than five years ago. Um, so it's really cool seeing. This I wasn't even fully Bitcoin develop. only. No, yeah, you yeah, were I was doing POV. Crypto. You were my shitcoiner friend. Um, I, I was friends with your shitcoiner friend. <laughs> come on, come on. I yeah, was you were the Bitcoiner Bitcoin. side of the. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. people should listen to the POV crypto we did uh, way back when about Ethereum proof of stake. I think it's aged really wonderfully. Um, anyway. Uh, no one's being, no one's giving us freaks. You're not like giving us real questions or comments in the thing. Are you fine with me going, continuing yeah, on my no, please, please. inner criticism? If you want to hit me with the criticisms, if you want to represent okay. the freaks, it, can I just say, you know, we we are big fans of TabConf. You know, no, no one is a bigger fan and supporter of the different Bitcoin meetups and Bitcoin conferences that are happening around the world, you know, than us. So uh, we do our best to support uh, not sometimes it's a lot, sometimes it's a little. Uh, every event organizer, you know, wants Bitcoin Magazine involved uh, in what they're doing. They want, uh, you know, to take inspiration from our conference, and we support all of them. So, um, you know, we appreciate the Bitcoin community, appreciate the TabConf, appreciate Bitblock Boom, appreciate Pacific Bitcoin, appreciate uh, Baltic Honey Badger, uh, BGC Prague, uh, Bitcoin Indonesia. Like, name the lot. You know, so uh, big love to all of them uh, and big love to all the meetups for sure. So uh, I, I think it's about expanding the pie like hardcore Bitcoiners, best practicers should be able to hang out. Right. And the same group of people, the same people who are building the industry should be able to come together and have a big industry event and talk to other people, too. Like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like we are expanding the pie and like this is why Bitcoin's so effective, because it kind of has this funnel. Right. So yeah. the Bitcoin conference is really freaking useful at the top of the funnel. Like that is what we're trying to build. And that's why I think it's important to talk about that. Yeah. And also, you've never run a 15,000 person event until you run a 15,000 person event. Um, the on the meetup side, huge shout out to George McHale. Uh, he championed a lot of the meetup uh, supporting initiatives uh, at the org. And I thought the Bitcoin games was really cool. Um, he had like the Bitcoin games where all the different meetup organizers were competing, kind of like the Bitcoin meetup Olympics at yeah, the event. Yeah, tight. Bring and to back. me, like that is like one of the most bullish uh, fundamentals of Bitcoin is. That was partially the uh, grassroots Bitcoin community. We that was have. partially inspired by the Bitcoin Park grassroots Bitcoin. We're doing it again in yeah. September. Grassroots Bitcoin meetup organizers only from around the world. Um, and we had George there and he presented and uh, it was great. Um, but anyway, that was awesome. Um, so, I mean, I think the Wizards are mostly a distraction. Like, once again, 
I have my own issues with Udi. Don't think he acts in good faith. I think, you know, Eric is one of my favorite shit corners. Like, I don't have much issue with Eric, but that's besides the point. I've I think, learned a lot from Eric. I think that's mostly a distraction. I've learned I've learned a lot from Udi too. I don't have Udi derangement syndrome, but at the same time, like I can see why people don't like him. And I think it's like maybe it's like almost the same energy as why people don't like Trump. You know, it's like Trump can Except- do good or bad things. People have Trump derangement syndrome. You know, but Trump's kind of a bully. Is maybe not super honest. Maybe he treats people the wrong way. You know. I, I, I kind of categorize them in, in similar buckets. Udi, if you're listening to this, you know, you, you might be offended by that, but you know, I think it might be accurate. The difference is like, I was never friends with, uh, with Trump. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was, I was friends with Udi. I respected Udi. And then he just started gaslighting me. But that's uh, once again, I think that this is, this is a distraction. Can I just say that? Like, you know, Udi may have done that. Other Bitcoiners do that. Like, oh, 100%. You know, like, and they can also go fuck character, themselves. Characters, character. They can also and, go fuck you know, themselves. You, our event is we're, we're, we're honing in on what is a relevant conversation. That's our number one objective with the programming. We will do that boldly. We'll do that in the face of criticism we've done in the past. We'll continue doing that it in the future. And um, I look forward to the Taliban being on stage. I know yeah, Bailey God, that's when he says the it. The least favorite thing. Um, My least favorite thing David Bailey ever <laughs> says is saying that, man. Uh, but, uh, he yeah, said I it mean, right here uh, in this studio on Dispatch. So, hey, you know, I, I've said my piece on that. I'm, I'm down to continue talking about it if you want to. Um, the Wizards are a distraction. My bigger issue is Stacks people on stage, is uh, Bobby Lee of Ballet Crypto on stage during Industry Day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this balancing act of, yes, uh, you know, sponsors pay the bills. They're the ones who make this type of event possible. But like where do you draw the line on like who is welcome on stage and who is not welcome on stage? Yeah, no. Um, so we tr- this year we tried to do uh, this idea of like doing like an industry press release at the end of industry day um, and kind of just trying to like manage that um, too. Because, you know, people want to get on stage and talk to the uh, media, talk to the audience, talk about their products. Right. You know, our editorial and sponsorship criteria is um, we, we don't necessarily like we, we don't have the ability to technically audit every product. Yeah. Right. So I think that there's products uh, that are widely known by Bitcoin enthusiasts as like not necessarily being up to their snuff. Uh, I think there's products that most likely are at our event that are less known that aren't up to snuff, too, that we don't necessarily get grief for. Yeah. Um, it's difficult, you know, again, like when you're trying to run a business, like one, attracting sponsors that fit our sponsorship criteria, giving them what they want, you know, which is everyone and their mother wants stage time. And then and everyone doing it, wants stage and, time. And then doing it in a format that like you would say is responsible, you would say, uh, you know, other people would say is acceptable, whatever. So like we're definitely trying to like toe that line and figure out like what makes the most sense both, you know, maximally commercially and, and, and maximally in terms of like what's responsible on stage, we are continuing to experiment. Like, I don't want to talk about a specific sponsor just because I don't want to isolate any specific sponsor, but we're trying to experiment with, you know, our criteria and experiment with uh, our programming policy and format and how we manage things to find the best of both worlds. I think in some cases, like moving forward, we're going to have to bite the bullet. Like there's going to be have to be opportunity costs that we forego 
because yep. it's what we need to do for for credibility, for PR, for whatever. And like there's gonna be other opportunities where, you know, we're gonna make game time decisions where we're like where we're gonna have to like understand what's happening more deeply and, and try to like evolve our policy. Like I think what people don't understand is like one, we're doing a event where we have to interact with the entire ecosystem and where we have to draw a specific editorial line. And then the entire ecosystem is constantly changing too. Yep. It's like very fluid. It, it's so fluid. And it's just like, again, like what people think is like the most obvious decision, like this company equal bad, like it just depends on the criteria. So like for a lot of like what I would consider like hardcore Bitcoin enthusiasts, Bitcoin best practicers, I think that there's some fair criticism. I think that we can take that on the chin. You know, my cop out is that these business decisions are simply not easy to make. And every single iteration we try to make, we try to do a better job. And there's a lot of stakeholders like Bitcoin maximalists that attend our event are one of multiple stakeholders that we're dealing with. Our, the conference organizers are other stakeholders that you know are dealing with. The finance guy is a stakeholder, uh, business people in the space, people who are trying to move their initiatives forward, people who really believe in what they're doing, even though some Bitcoin maximalists don't believe in what they're doing. Like all of these elements we have to weigh. So it's not easy. Uh, we don't always make the right decision. Things are always more obvious in hindsight. Um, and, you know, again, going into next year, we're going to be making decisions, right? Like we're not, we're not getting grief in this moment for some of the decisions that we should be getting grief for, honestly. And the two that I brought up, you don't really get much grief for. Sure. And yeah. I mean, I'm, look, guys, there's probably more and there's <laughs> infinite places where there's like where we don't deserve grief and there's infinite places where we knocked it out of the park where we don't get credit. It's yeah. fine. We take that in stride. No, I mean, once again, I think the majority. Yeah, I, it was a great event. It was a really good event. There's a lot of stakeholders. There's a lot of moving pieces. It's very difficult. Um Matt, you're you're too kind to me. I mean, this is are hard there for more me. freaks that want to slay me. I mean, like, you're a brother. Where are, these, where are these freaks? You're a brother, so it's it's they're not being that critical of you. So I'm just being critical. Okay, um, that's good. Should we, like should, I said, I should like we hype up Nashville? Us. We should, but I just I just want to say that but you do agree with me that there's a responsibility there about like who's on stage and and as an org we can do better about that. Like I I think like do you agree? Like Mashinsky should have never been on stage. I'm just going to say the name because now he's just, I, you know, there's yeah. no bridges to be burned there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so Mashinsky on stage. He was on stage at Bitcoin 2019. Yeah. I would say, like, the difference between Celsius and BlockFi were not as obvious then. Yeah. Uh, and we were trying to run a business, and we're working with companies that operate com that operate using Bitcoin. Yeah. Right? Uh, 2021, I would say, like, Mashinsky really started to, like, show himself as like a not good actor and uh you know he was on stage uh and he was a sponsor and there's some like classic things and again like people in hindsight would say like things are more obvious but yeah. there's just classic moments as industries evolve you know evolve and like you know making business decisions not always easy but you know I it was it, he was on stage last year too right well, and then last year he was supposed to go on stage with right. the with like the the technology minister of Ukraine or the innovation minister of Ukraine, and he did not. 
have the right person. And he was trying to weasel his way on stage. And our boy P blocked that. Yeah. Right. I remember and, that. And again, you know, people don't understand like at Bitcoin 2021, Mayweather, who didn't do a good job on stage and was never invited again, he was <laughs> trying to go on stage with a with the Ethereum Max shirt, and we blocked that too. I was standing back there, mm-hmm. and you will never be able to capture. I wish out Brandon's face <laughs> when he was trying to convince him to change his shirt, and I mean Mayweather's fucking huge, fucking massive. He's wearing it's not just an Ethereum shirt; it's Ethereum Max. It was yeah. like extra shitcoin shirt. And uh, he got him to change the shirt. He was like, you're not allowed on stage unless you change and the shirt. And his bossy was there. So not yeah. only is Mayweather there. But, but you should have seen this there. like straight white. Like it was, uh, it takes I mean, as it should be. To do that. Uh, it takes a lot of bravery But anyway, to do that. you agree with me that there's a responsibility to try. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not saying it's an easy solution. But there's a responsibility to avoid, you know, the next Celsius being on stage or being a sponsor of the event. Like, do you agree that there's a responsibility there? Absolutely. I've never denied that there's a responsibility and pretty much I've just made excuses on why it's not that obvious and why it's not that easy, especially given all the context of running the event. Right. So there's a lot of critics who, you know, again, like you can call Binance insolvent today and say you're never going to do business with Binance today. Okay, like, are we going to say no to doing business with Binance right now, um, given you know, that there are people on the internet who are saying that they're doing things like wrong. Well, according to our editorial, and I'm sorry that I'm, I'm mentioning a specific company, but according to our editorial guidelines, we do business with companies that are using the Bitcoin blockchain, using Bitcoin natively. So we don't allow wrapped Bitcoin to be counted. It has to be native Bitcoin usage. Uh, we allow those companies and we allow them to be on stage if they're relevant to the Bitcoin ecosystem. Like... If something got, you know, who knows what will happen in the future happens to that business. Like it's very, and we had CZ on stage in, you know, in the future or in between that happening. Yeah. Like you could say that he was a scammer from day one. You could say that, like you could easily get us. Are we going to make that opportunity happen? The Given the fact that this is the most impactful organization at spreading Bitcoin usage across the world. Like, Binance. are we going to like... One of them, yeah. In terms of this, the, the no, I mean like, they're dominated, especially yeah, in emerging markets like they're Africa absolutely dominated. They're they're banking more people than anyone else, as far as I'm concerned. Like, are we going to host that conversation? Yes, we're going to host that conversation, especially if it's relevant. So, like, I'm not saying like, look, Mashinsky was never at that level. Celsius was never yeah. at that level. But like, and maybe it was obvious that like. They were complete shit. And I, I personally never would have put any money in them. And I would tell anyone, don't put your money in any yield, you know, invest, you know, any yield program right. at all. Like, hold your Bitcoin. Like, Sample if anything, it's like stack less sats and focus more on doing it the right way. Yeah. Like, that would be my advice because you're not bullish enough. So you already know me. Um, but... Like, could that, like, again, like when you're doing this type of event, when you're trying to bring the entire ecosystem together, not just like the the best Bitcoin best practices together, like, there's going to be potholes. There's going to be issues. There's going to be areas where you made mistakes. In some moments, like, you can look back and be like, wow, that was a classic moment, like Mayweather. Yeah. In some areas, you look back and be like, God, like, let's never make that effing mistake again, um, like Mashinsky. Um, so, 
we just have to we have to constantly take that feedback and we have to and we have to constantly try to hone in and tune the lever of like doing something big and profitably doing it well enough to bring in and entice new people and and doing it to the level where it's going to uh be as useful and enthusiastic and exciting to like the the people who are most bought into this ecosystem like finding that mix and and nailing it it's just not easy we do our best we truly do i think we we are successful in many many ways but in in other ways you know we have to do it better next year yeah. like there's no excuses there we just have to learn and do it better next year yeah i mean i i uh I, that that's uh i mean we're definitely aligned on that front um i my yeah I, you you answered the question very early on, and then you had a nice, passionate rant afterwards. Um, okay, there we go. But it's just the responsibility to do better. It, the 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 name of the the word of the day on the this show today is responsibility. Yeah. Well, um, say humble sacks and be responsible. Like you, you know, that's uh, like the unspoken part. And that's it's the difficult. Like I res- like I said, I respect those difficult. I've seen how the sausage is made. Um, like so many people on the team are family to me. Like I just, uh, you know, it's, it's, I I want it to be clear that it, it's coming from a place of, of, of love. And it's more of a, um, like a parent. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed kind of framework, but, uh, look, dude, your brother, we have 15 minutes left. Shit. Um, going for a while, huh? Yeah. We've been going for a long time. I, it's a little bit too down and down, you know, it's a good, it's a good real talk conversation, but like, what are we excited about yeah, uh, for Amsterdam? What are we excited about for Nashville? What are we excited about for Bitcoin? Let's wrap it up on a strong. Story. Well, I mean, first of all, the conversations that I'm having with Nashville stakeholders and the people of Tennessee about bringing this conference here, unbelievable. Like yesterday I had a like hour long hangout with, a diehard longtime Bitcoiner that is building a media company in Nashville. Um, and this guy can't wait to just like to un- un- unleash, you know, like both of his passions at once is Nashville, yep. Bitcoin. And there's just so much of that. Like, you know it, you've been here for over a year. You've been building a business here. Um, there's just like, this is the most fertile ground for it. All of the elements of it are aligned. And then in terms of Nashville, like in Tennessee, like not only is, you know, in 2020 and 2021, Nashville was not the hottest city in America. Yep. Miami was. I think Nashville right now, it's in the top three or four, if not like number one. Yeah. Like, like Nashville is hot. Like I've seen people who are like, oh my God, Miami is like more where it's at. I don't know. Like Nashville's never been more where it's at than where it is right now. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. What was it? Number one bachelorette city, it's number two market. or three uh, bachelor city. And it needs to become, you know, well, it's been that for a while, city. right? But it needs like, that's the next evolution is it needs to become the next Bitcoin city. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you as someone pre Nashville, I thought that Nashville was only good for bachelor parties and bachelorette parties or, what do they what do they say in your hen and stag parties? It's such a better name. Anyway, that's what I thought it was good for. Like I, I almost kind of dismissed it as a city, but it's a proper city and it's vibing and it's and it's and it's the momentum is building. There's just very strong community here. 
there's there's well, character like the city actually has real character. cost of living is also low it's very safe city uh you know you can get live music every day of the week whenever you want um we're coming from new york our airport is fucking awesome <laughs> just, marty like gave me shit on rhr this week because that's where I went with it. I was like, you know, we just have a great airport. And he was just like, really? That's that's where you're going to go with this? Our airport's fucking dope. So He's the sick thing about airport. talking about New York and then talking about Nashville, post-COVID, all like so many of the best Bitcoin, or sorry, so many of the best New York restaurant tours all came went down to here. Nashville and went to Miami. Like that's where they went. Like, There's a bunch of places that so they, many they only have two locations. They have a Brooklyn location and they have a Nashville location. Yeah, yeah, East Nash specifically. Yeah, which is Love the Brooklyn East of Nashville. Nashville. But uh, I mean, like Nashville itself, I've been coming here since 2018 because Bitcoin Magazine was here before yeah. it was cool. Um, and it has just gotten so much cooler. And again, like in terms of like Tennessee is more aligned with Bitcoin and Bitcoin only and the Bitcoin eco ethos than than Florida, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the shit corners are deep in and, and, and like maybe not even to talk too much uh you know booty on florida because florida is awesome like it really is one of the best states in the union uh in terms of everything that it has to offer especially for bitcoin but um compared to miami nashville is it's currently a bitcoin hub you know thanks to you thanks to rod thanks to bitcoin park thanks to all the work that the nash bitcoiners and you know everything that this is an amazing community that. it's awesome but like the people who aren't Bitcoiners are also awesome and 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 unique and thriving yeah, the on their great. own. Like Tennessee and Nashville are thriving on their own because, you know, like you said, this is a business uh, forward place. Like you can run a business, you know, and we're throwing an event. We don't have to deal with unions nearly as much in Tennessee than we do in in Miami. And that makes a huge difference as a business in many ways. Like we can get into the finances and logistics of that, but that makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Um, and, you know, when you want to go and you want to eat out in Tennessee and Nashville, it's going to be a lot more, you know, cost efficient. When you want to go to hotels, it's going to be a lot more cost efficient. And then in terms of the personality, the unique uh, attributes of the city, like I just can't think of a more unique, interesting city right now than you know the music city epicenter, you know the country music epicenter of the world. Yeah, I will say that um, when I was in Norway uh, for the Oslo Freedom Forum last year, I'm going uh, this year. I'm you're gonna love it. It's really good. can't wait. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot make it, but um, everyone should consider going. It's really it's it's. It's really as someone who goes to a lot of Bitcoin events, it's just really great because it's a freedom event that has tangential Bitcoin connections. So like a mm -hmm. bunch of freedom focused Bitcoiners go there, but it's not a Bitcoin event. Mm -hmm. You get to meet all these activists anyway. But anyway, in Norway, uh, you say Tennessee, they have no idea. They have no idea what you're talking about. But you say Nashville and they go country music, country music. They get super excited about it. So like Nashville has some international recognition. I mean, it's definitely not in New York or Miami or L.A. Um, in terms of international recognition, but I think it's growing. And I think, uh, yeah, I, the people are super nice, like suspiciously nice. Um, I mean, I think we can turn this state into a citadel, like great water, we are. That's great exactly energy, what we're doing, bro. you know, uh, respect for sovereignty and freedom. Like that the proof is in the pudding based on the fact that they too, like Texas, like, uh, Florida were open. 
I mean, we didn't even talk about for folks who want to live here and move here from other states, no income tax. It's beautiful. Um, you know, it's fantastic. And low cost. We didn't even talk about this, tax. but you can get anywhere here in 15 minutes. It's fucking badass. Yeah, honestly. I think less. 12. My my meme is 12 minute drive anywhere. In the I mean, city. someone who grew up in L.A., then lived in SF, spent a lot of time in New York and Miami. Like, it's so nice to be able to get to even the nicest restaurants in 15 minutes, even get to your minutes. friend's house, 12 minutes, get to Bitcoin park, get to the office. And parking is easy too. Parking I mean, is co- easy. Coming from California, New York. Ubers are cheap, not as fast, but cheap. And, uh, you know, there has to be some flaws. You know, the Ubers are twice as slow. I'm sorry, guys. They don't come in two Lyft minutes. Is, they come in four a, minutes. It's more of a Lyft city. All right. I think, so, I think you'll have better time on Lyft than Uber. You know, I use them both. I, I are between them, but. Uh, not price wise. I don't know about price wise. I'm not like a, yeah. Matt's price insensitive here. A little bit price insensitive, yeah. but but Lyft is a, usually a quicker experience. Well, I have the the Lyft Pink because I'm a dirty uh, elite credit card user, <laughs> they, so yeah, you know yeah. I get that premium Lyft. But I mean, y'all, Nashville's good. I, I feel Lyfts like you higher. know, I feel like we live here. We both moved here, so we have you know, we're just like, oh, it's a great place to live. It's a great place to be. Um, but in terms of like. This is a great place to party. Like, this is a great place to have a Bitcoin conference. People are looking at, hey, we got July 25th through the 27th. You know, it's going to be warm in Tennessee. It's going to be very hot. But, like, the whole event... It's going to be quite It's going to be inside all day long. And then outside is t-shirt weather. So, I actually think it's going to be awesome. It cools down at night really well. And I'll throw out a tease here. I know that there's going to be an incredible having event in El Salvador. And nothing is locked in on our end. But the fact that the having is happening in the spring and our conference is happening in the summer means we're going to make something happen in the springtime around the having. So, you know, last we're having it was a 24 hour live stream. Uh, this having, you know, we're going to do something in person and we'll figure it out. We'll announce it later in Nashville. I don't know. Uh, have, no comment. Renouncing it. Nashville. No, I mean, Bitcoin 24 is in Nashville. That's going to be July. So the having parties somewhere else. I'm just saying, like, there's adequate time to throw a having party. Yeah. You well, know, I know that PR and, you know, the CEO and but, everyone at the company is like, fuck you, CK, for saying that on Matt's <laughs> podcast. But, you know, there's adequate time. The timing works out fantastic. I have a better question. Okay. Yeah. Like, how are they, like, people are buying tickets and, like, I love the Meme Factory crew. Like, fuck you, Greg. But. How are people buying tickets to the Bitcoin having party this early? How do they know it's going to like block production? Isn't that predictable? Oh, man. Like They're all going to imagine like hash rate just soars from here. And the having happens two weeks before the time. Everyone's going to be in El Salvador. They're going to it's going to be two weeks after having and they're going to be trying to celebrate that we will do our best if we do do a having thing to do it on the having. Uh, We have experience with uh, the 24 hour having live stream. Yeah, but uh, live streams easier. Like people aren't buying tickets. No, totally, shit, totally traveling way easier. In. But I'm just saying, like we already know how how volatile that ish is, and like the thing is, like this thing could sw- can swing by three weeks in either direction. Yeah, between now or then, like it, this thing can happen. That's what in I'm saying. March. Don't plan too this far ahead. This thing can happen time. in May. You know, there's a there's a lot of volatility here, and we don't know if hash rate is going to continue to spike or if hash rate is going to nosedive. Like we don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, the bullish side of me says it's going to happen earlier than people expect. But either way, don't plan too far ahead of time, guys. Like, just consider it. I'm excited for whatever the... I, I could confidently Bitcoin... say it's going to happen before before Bitcoin 24. 
Oh yeah, I, I mean it definitely is. Safe. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll do something. We'll do something. But anyway, it. we will be celebrating at the park. So if you just moved to Nashville, you don't have to plan any timing. You can just come down to the park and we can celebrate here. Oh shit, we're good to go. Oh, we're gonna have to compete then because we might go. have a party somewhere else. There's gonna be a lot of parties this Bitcoin having. I mean, dude, like. I I'm excited for havings to just turn into the new New Year's. Yeah, it's like the real New Year's. Like I mean. Each epoch, and when I like, this is something from Casey Rotomore, you know, the our beloved inventor of ordinals. I love. But Casey. he pointed out, like, dude, the, one of the most. Here's the thing: is like for all the ordinals and and inscription disrespectors, Casey is the salt of the fucking earth. Casey is one of the most Bitcoin people I've ever met in my life. Uh, Casey has thought more. Casey's a member of the park. Has thought more about Bitcoin, and. Like Bitcoin's mathematical nature than most people. Yes. And one of the observations he made to me, which I thought was absolutely mind blowing, is the having and the block side, or sorry, the uh, the difficulty adjustment do not align. They happen uh, on different increments yep. within Bitcoin until six, every, except for every six havings. So this one? No, this is the fourth having. Oh. Yeah. So we're. Like if you think of like Bitcoin day. having a full life cycle where it's just like you so when, start so in eight years Bitcoin or starts nine years or something all the way until Bitcoin has a difficulty adjustment and a and a having on the same exact block that's six having so we're halfway there that's how fucking early we are we haven't even got like and there's gonna be many more of those so are we planning that party or <sighs> shit man I'm not that Five good at planning today. that we're part gonna be in El Salvador bro. this week. <laughs> Yeah, but, so I guess all I'm trying to say yeah, is what's like, your point? All I'm trying to say is like one, you gotta like like Bitcoin has some mysterious shit. We are early as fuck. I, I'm excited for havings to be ingrained as part of like a human celebration yes. for the world. And we're so early that we haven't even had a having that that uh happens on the same block as a difficulty adjustment yet that happens after six having so every having we're only halfway to that milestone every having is our biggest having everyone by significant margins like the jump up the four years in between or whatever huge jump up second of all having is not priced in yet like i know joe weisenthal just finished his mint the coin stick uh, joe Having's not priced in. I'm ready to do that next battle. I think we're about we're starting to get into the having priced in battle. I know you have to wrap. Okay. This was great. You want to give some final thoughts to the audience real quick? I mean, the having isn't even priced into 37 sats, so uh, we're no one knows what the fuck is going on. And okay, last thing <laughs> to all the Bitcoiners out there who don't think that the best developers haven't been born yet and don't think that bitcoin's greatest utility has yet to be discovered you're all fucking bears well cheers to that fuck the bears love you all huge thanks to ck for joining us appreciate you freaks for supporting the show i got some great shows lined up i'll see you soon thank you stay humble and stack sets appreciate you ck stay bullish